James chapter 2. I think we'll look at the doctrine of salvation today at church this morning and the morning service and then tonight. Um, it's as crucial for those of us who know the Lord to understand the uh, teachings in the Bible, the doctrine of salvation, as it is for lost people to hear it. And sometimes we're muddied in our expression of the gospel because we're not clear in our understanding. So we're going to start out with James chapter 2. I'm glad to be here this morning. In fact, I'm gladder than usual. <laughs> we didn't have any trouble getting here except getting out of the parking lot where we're staying. Um, that was exciting. If I didn't have a four-wheel drive Mustang, we wouldn't have made it. It's just good, good to have that. Okay, you got James chapter 2. Let's have prayer. And then I should find it too, probably. That'd be a help. Um, and then we'll start. All right, Father, do help us, I pray, in our time together. Um, work in our midst. Help us to see the Bible and help us to understand what you've said. And may we then live in light of it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. James is written to Christian people. And, and while that may seem... Um, unnecessary to say, it's important for us to start out with that because a lot of people get confused as to whom the book is written. In other words, James is not written to people who claim to be saved, but who are not. It's not written to people who think they are saved, but who are not. It's not written to false professors. It's written to God's people. You might just look here in uh, James, the first chapter, verse 2, just look where it says, My brethren count all joy. Chapter 2, verse 1, my brethren have not. So it's written to God's people. So he's, he's writing this, uh, the author, the Holy Spirit, through the person of James, is writing this to God's people. Now look down at verse 14. What did the prophet, my brethren, so he's reading to Christian people, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? Now he's not asking the question here that you may think he's asking. We'll see the question he's asking in a minute. But if he were asking the question you might think he was asking, let's answer it. Um, uh, what, if, what if a man claims to have faith and he doesn't have works? Can faith save him? Can a person be saved by faith apart from any works? Yes or no? Yes. yes that's, why is that so difficult to come to? Of course, independent Bible-believing Baptists have always believed salvation is by grace through faith plus nothing. Okay, it's good, good for us to remember that this morning. So he says here in verse 14, what is a prophet? Then verse 15, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food. Now note the words brother or sister. He's not talking about a lost guy walking in church. He's talking about a brother or sister. So if a brother or a sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, Depart in peace, be you warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful of the body, what doth it profit? All right. He starts with an illustration. He says, Look, a guy comes into church. He has two problems. He doesn't have enough clothes, so he's chilly. That would be possible this morning, wouldn't it? He doesn't have enough clothes, so he's chilly. And he doesn't have enough food, so he's hungry. So he has two needs. Okay, Bible scholars, help me out. He has two needs. They are, number one, clothes. And number two, okay. But when he comes into the church, you look at this guy with a pious platitude, and you say, <clears throat> be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you don't give him what he needs. And he needs two things. He needs and Okay, so you didn't give him the clothes and food. You just said, be ye warmed and filled. Then he says, what doth it profit? Okay, what doth it profit to whom? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, the guy that comes in who's hungry and chilly. Okay, so here's the idea. He's illustrating something here. He says, a guy comes in, and uh, he's, he's cold, and he's hungry, and you say be warmed and filled, but you don't do anything for him. See, he's talking about works here, along with your faith. You just expressed your faith. He says, what does it profit? And the answer is, not a whole bunch. See, in other words, speaking of my faith without showing my faith um, is fairly ineffective. Then he says in uh, verse... Uh, Look down at verse 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Now, it says it, people, point blank. It just says it point blank. You don't need to get cute with this because it's really very simple. Even so, he says, faith without works is dead being alone. Now, the question is, think of the illustration. Guy comes into church. He's hungry. He's chilly. Be warmed and filled. That was saying you don't give him what he needs. Can faith save him? And then the deal is... Uh, your, your faith without your works is dead. Now, the question is to whom? To whom is your faith without your works dead? The man who is hungry and chilly. Not to God. See, a lot of good people who should know better say, Now, you know, some of you people have a faith, but you don't have a faith that saves. You have a faith, you know, you believe in your head, but you don't believe in your heart. He's not talking about salvation here. At all. He's talking about you're not showing your faith with your works. Look at the next verse. Verse 18. Yea, I may say, or a man may say, Thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Okay, he says, look, you, you may have faith. In fact, both, both people in this discussion have faith. You've got faith. I've got faith. You show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Can I show my faith to you without works? Okay, suppose you say, Bill, do you have faith? Yes, I do. Show me your faith. Down comes the mic. Okay. All right. Can I show my faith without my works? No. You can't see it. Can God? I don't mean to be irreverent about this, but God never stands in heaven saying, I wonder if Bill is truly a man of faith. He claims to be, but I don't seem to see any evidence. Does God need that? No. So God can see my faith. Can you? Not apart from my works. Now, this also means something else. It means that a person can have faith without having proper works. How many of you people are saved? Okay, then you have faith in Christ, correct? Yeah, but you don't always look like it. You don't always live it. So see, faith without works is dead to whom? Well, faith without works is not dead to God, but faith without works is dead to... Want to help me out? People. Man. Okay. Uh, for example, have you ever known a person who claimed to be saved, who claimed to love the Lord, but you, you just... You're, you're, you're concerned about it. Well, let me ask you a question. Could he be saved? Sure. Could he love the Lord? Sure. Why are you worried about it? Well, because you don't see it. See? Well, somebody says, you know, a faith that produces salvation always produces works. Well, then why do you have James chapter 2? It may produce works, but the point is it doesn't always produce works that are visible. Um, could I assume that there are people who could have gotten to church <laughs> Sunday school this morning as easily as you did, which is to say it's not easy, but could I assume that there are people who could have been here? They could have, but they're not. 
Okay, well then can I say, well, you know, if they're truly born again, if they're truly, if they're blood uh, bought, if they, if they truly have faith, why ain't they here? Well, they're not here because they're not here. So the lack of their works may confound you, and that's the point James is making. He makes it again and again. I love this. This is great. Uh, so then he says, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Okay, that's verse 17. Dead to whom? Even so faith without works is dead. It's being alone. It's dead to whom? To people. To man. Not to God. To man. Verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. It's a great illustration. He says, you believe there's one God? Big deal. The devils believe that and they tremble. Okay, what's the point he's making here? Well, a lot of good people will say, what he's saying is, that, you know, you believe in one God, but you have only a head knowledge. You don't have a heart knowledge, and therefore, you're not truly saved. Have you ever heard this? Okay, it's not what he's saying here at all. Can't be. Um, in the first place, I would ask, what do you mean, head knowledge, but no heart knowledge? Do you mean that a person can be saved intellectually, but not emotionally? Is that what you mean? Is that what we mean? He doesn't feel it? Is that what, is that what independent... Fundamentalists believe about salvation by grace through faith? I don't think so. So it's confusing, isn't it? Okay, so what does he mean here? He says, thou believest that there is one God. The devils also believe and tremble. So let's illustrate this. Suppose a devil were standing up here. Don't get clever. Next to me. Next to me. Okay, here's a devil. Okay, if I said to this devil, sir, do you believe that there is one God? What would he say? Yes. Okay. If you said to me, Bill, do you believe there is one God? I would say, okay, what then hopefully would be the difference between a Bible believer here this morning and a demon, uh, the devil? Works. Works. The deal is, devil, if you believe there's one God, why are you living as you are living? Why are you existing as you are existing? See, so the deal is, it's not just your faith. He's not talking about just your faith. It is assumed that everybody in the chapter has faith. What he's talking about is one's works. Okay, you still with me? Okay, let's go on. This is great. This has been a great help to me. Look down, if you would, at uh, verse 20. He says there, um, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Okay, let me ask this question. If you missed this, we go back to verse 14 and start all over again. Faith without works is dead? To whom? To man. He's not talking about it being dead to God. He's talking about being dead to man. Well, somebody says, yeah, but if you're really saved, won't you change? Yes, you will. How do we know that? Because the Bible says so. Do you always see it? You may not see it. doesn't mean a person's not changed. What about the thief on the cross? You, did you note the great change in his life? After he was saved, wasn't that wonderful? My, he, he stopped his wickedness and he, he quit chewing tobacco. Did you notice this? And I'm, I'm being facetious here because, no, you didn't see any change. You know it's there because of God's word, but you don't necessarily see it. And, you know, change can be seen at different levels in all of us. In other words, everybody here could be seen as a person not displaying his faith in some circumstance. Isn't that true? If you stub your toe and you say the wrong thing, might somebody say, well, I wonder if he really is a believer. Wouldn't that be fair? Okay, so uh, the deal is not everybody uh, lives it always, and that's what he's talking about here. How in the world did I get in First Peter? <laughs> I was looking at, I didn't know James said that. He didn't. Okay. 
Look down at verse 21. Was not, here's, here's an illustration. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar? Okay, now he says this point blank. This, this can only mean one thing. If, if you get confused on this, you're really in trouble. I've heard all my life about James' gospel and Paul's gospel. How do we correlate the gospel of Paul with the gospel of James? Well, I got news for you. Neither James nor Paul had a gospel. It's God's. And if Paul is God's servant, then he will say the same thing that James does. And they do. They say the, the same thing. So he gives this illustration. He says, look, wasn't Abraham justified when he offered his son Isaac? Look, the word justified means to be declared righteous. Somebody says it means just as if you'd never sinned. Well, that's fine, but it's not what it means. It means declared righteous. It's just like any word in the Bible. It has a meaning. You can look it up just like anybody else can. And the word justified means to be declared righteous. It's a judicial term. It's like a person who is declared to be innocent. For example, how many of you remember O.J.? Do you remember O.J.? Okay. All right. <laughs> um, I am convinced and have been since whatever, and by the way, I don't really care what you think about this. It's okay for us to differ. I don't think there's any question but that O.J. Simpson killed his former wife and her boyfriend. I don't think there's any question about it. I've never seen a trial which was, in my thinking, more open and shut. I don't care if the glove fit or not, um, I think. And by the way, it is interesting. In a civil trial, which was the second trial, he was declared guilty. In other words, the second trial said, yes, he did it, but the, uh, the first criminal trial said, no, he didn't. Okay, now... If O.J. Simpson did kill his wife and her boyfriend, how is it that he's free? How is it that he can go to Florida and play golf and uh, go out to lunch and whatever? Why, why, is, why is he free? Because he was declared righteous. I don't care what you think of O.J. Simpson. The court of the land declared him innocent. And whether he is innocent or guilty legally is beside the point. The point is he's declared righteous. See, it's all over but the shouting. Now, he may get in trouble with this uh, deal in uh, Vegas and, you know, being uh, biased on this whole thing. I hope he does. But nonetheless, uh, I think he did it. But it doesn't make a difference what I think because he has been legally declared righteous. You following that? Okay, so have I been. Let me ask you a question. Did I do it? What? Well, <laughs> you name it. Uh, did you do it? Are you guilty? Well, okay. But I've been declared righteous. Suppose, suppose I, I went to get into heaven today, and I go to the door and I knock on the door. Of course, it didn't happen this way. The Bible says, absent from the body is present with the Lord. But suppose I go to heaven, and I knock on the door, and Peter is there at the door. Because we all know Peter keeps the door because we all know Peter keeps the door. So he's at the door. <laughs> So he says, uh, who is it? And I say, it's, it's Bill Rice. And he says, what do you want? And I say, I want into heaven. And he says, what makes you think you have a right to get into heaven? Now, let me give you three possible answers, okay? I am good. Number two, I am really good. When it snowed three feet, at least, I went to church. I am good, I am really good, or I am perfect. Okay, let's take them one at a time. Well, I am good, get me into heaven. No. Well, I am really, really, really good. Get me into heaven. Okay, will I am perfect? Get me in. If I'm perfect, come on. If I'm perfect, will I get into heaven? Okay, so let's try the answer. You ready? Peter says, what makes you think you have a right to get into heaven? And I say, 
I'm perfect. <laughs> it's difficult to say that. All right. I am perfect. Well, the accuser of the brethren is standing next to Peter. Who's the accuser of the brethren? Okay, so Satan says, Bill, Bill Rice, perfect. <laughs> that's, that's a great one. Bill, Bill Rice, perfect. He's not perfect. Who, who are you kidding? He's not perfect. And Peter says, well, let's check the record. He says, uh, what's wrong with Bill Rice? Well, uh, Satan says, he's a liar. Uh, do you become a liar because you lie, or do you lie because you're a liar? Okay, have you ever lied? Then what are you? <laughs> okay, so he says, okay, Bill Rice, says Peter. Liar, liar, pants on, you know that one. Okay, so he's checking the record. Bill Rice, let's see here. Uh, liar, no, here it is, right, no, wait. There it is, right there, Rice, liar. <sighs> nope, he's not there. Well, Satan says he's covetous. Covetous, Bill Rice, covetous. Always thinking that he'd be happier if he had something else. Okay, here it is. Oh, here it is. Bill Rice, Bill Rice, Bill Rice, Kevich's. Nope, he's not there. Well, uh, he says uh, he's mean. Well, he's a Baptist. He probably is. Let's see here. He's mean. Let's see. Bill Rice, mean. No, Peter says he's not here. It says right here, Bill Rice the third is perfect having been clothed in the righteous robes of the Lord Jesus. Okay, so you may think I'm a sinner, but did you know I've been declared righteous? That's, that's a miracle, isn't it? <laughs> that's not so hard for me to believe about me, but looking at some of you people, this is really rugged. Okay, so the Bible says, Was not Abraham our father declared righteous, was he not justified, when he had offered his son, Isaac. Okay, now let me ask you a question. Was the moment of Abraham's salvation, did it come as he offered Isaac on the altar? Yes or no? Is that the moment he was saved? Well, this seems like it's harder than it should be. Was that his conversion experience? No, no, okay. Bible tells us, by the way, the Apostle Paul tells us this in the fourth chapter of Romans. Abraham was saved when he, and take a shot at the next word. What do you do when you're saved? Believed. That's what, that's what Romans 4 says. You mean, Brother Rice, all he had to do was just believe, that's all? Huh? I mean, all he had to be saved? You're telling me that all Abraham had to do to be saved was just believe? I believe, I believe. Okay, you're saved, you're saved. That's all, that's all. Let me tell you something. You better be careful if you're making light of what the Bible often repeatedly and thoroughly teaches, which is that people are saved by grace, that's God's gift, through faith, that's through believing, plus absolutely nothing. And I'm telling you, it's wrong when God's people emphasize the works in salvation rather than the faith. Okay, so if Abraham was justified when he believed, which is what Romans chapter 4 says, then why does... James say he was justified when he offered his son Isaac. Okay. Who declared Abraham righteous when he believed? God. Who declared him righteous when he worked? Man. 
Isn't this wonderful? This is, so, this is such a help to me. Okay, you and I are, are uh, living in Abraham's day, and you say to me, I think that guy Abraham's a believer. I say, you know, I don't know. I don't always see it. I'm not sure if he, if he is a man of faith or not. We well, say, I'm, I'm sure he is. I say, well, what makes you so certain he's what he claims to be? And you say, well, you know, God said to him that he, Abraham, was to offer his son Isaac, and he did it. I'm telling you, if there's a man, if you're asking me if the guy is what he claims to be, I'm telling you he is. You see, Abraham had already been justified in God's sight when he, Abraham, believed. Now Abraham is justified in man's sight when he worked. You, you seeing this? Does baptism save? Okay, well then why should a person be baptized? Yeah, to show it. To show it to whom? To we poor guys who can't see your heart. See? Okay, so somebody says, well, if a person's truly saved, he'll be baptized. I know people who have terrible teaching and terrible influence who've been saved for years without being baptized. That's not right. That's not good. Uh, baptism is a public profession. It is a public declaration of what has already happened in your heart. Now, if you're not baptized, it doesn't mean you're not saved. But if you're not baptized, it may mean that people may, may wonder about it. See, um, I don't mean this to be unkind at all. That's why people who are accustomed to outward expressions of faith, like dear Catholics, who talk about altars, Baptists shouldn't. Please don't be offended. Baptists shouldn't, but Catholics do. By the way, just well, since I'm on this, where is the altar for an independent Bible-believing uh, 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 child of God? Where's, where's the altar? Is it the front of the church or the back? No, it's neither. Where is it? It's in your heart. Don't you believe in the priesthood of the believer? Okay, aren't you an independent Baptist? Okay, all right, so it's not in a place. Now, I know we refer to steps as altars, and that's fine, uh, except it, it is misleading. But sometimes, Catholic, dear sweet Catholic people who are so accustomed to the outward show are more interested in baptism than are independent Baptists. Because their deal is, well, if you really have it, shouldn't you show people? And it's really a good question. See, so the Bible says of Abraham that he was justified, and he's justified uh, by faith, obviously, which is what the Bible says. But uh, here in James chapter 2, it's talking about works. So he says he was justified when he offered his son uh, Isaac. Okay, one more, one more thing here. Seest thou, verse 22, Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by his works was faith made perfect. In other words, faith was completed by his works. It doesn't mean that Abraham needed faith and works to get to heaven. He didn't. It means that he was complete when he trusted in God, in the future Messiah, when he trusted in God for our salvation, and then he showed people what he had done through his works. Is this making sense? Okay, it's what the Bible teaches clearly and repeatedly. Verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled. Now, I love this, I love this, I love this. Um, all you Paul and James people, look at verse uh, 23. Uh, and the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham, next word, believe God. And it was imputed or given or accounted unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Let me tell you something. Abraham, when he believed God, became righteous in God's sight. But Abraham became righteous in man's sight when he offered his son Isaac. Okay, verse 24. 
You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Okay, it says it point blank, so let's walk through this. He says, you see that a man is justified, declared righteous by works, not just by faith. Well, it's true. A man is justified, declared righteous by faith before God. A man is justified, declared righteous by works before man. Okay, so see, both ought be visible uh, in your life. Then verse uh, 25, one more illustration. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified, he says it here, by works when she had received <coughs> the messengers and had sent them out another way. I love this. I, I, I have to think that the Lord has a sense of humor in the choice of words here. He says, wasn't, uh, wasn't Rahab uh, justified, declared righteous, when she... Uh, took care of the <coughs> messengers. Uh, messengers, yes. What are the messengers called elsewhere in Scripture? Spies. That's what they were. Okay. Um, if a guy came here and um, went in the Detroit area and took pictures of as many things as he could because he believed in Islamic Jihad and he's from, I'm just making this up, he's from Iran and he wants to help them to, in a suitcase, bring a bomb into Detroit. Um, and he's an American. And he's an American citizen. And he was born in uh, Nashville. That's my, my stomping ground. So he's born in Nashville. And he's an American. Um, and he's a citizen. And he's taking pictures to help the jihadist. He would be called a traitor and a spy. Okay, that's what... That's what uh, Rahab did against her own kinsmen in her own city. She brought in the spies. She hid the spies. She sent them out a different way and when asked, you know, did you take care of the spies? What are you talking about? No, no, I know nothing about anything, so on and so forth. And, and her, her house was spared. Remember that? Okay. Now, the Bible is not suggesting that we live the life of spies. He's making the illustration here that your faith, illustrated by your works, will cause you to be justified before men declared righteous before men. So let's go back to the same conversation. You and I are talking, and I say to you, this Rahab, she claims to be a believer. I don't know if she is or not. You say, well, I'm convinced. I say, well, what makes you so sure? You say, well, you know, she encouraged and aided and abetted her people's enemy because she believed in the God of Israel. And by the way, she, would, she was already trusting. It's fairly obvious, I think, with the story uh, because she was a former harlot, still had that name. But these guys came and stayed at her house and they stayed overnight. And so obviously she was very trustworthy. And uh, so, okay, okay, I'm, I'm ready. Any, any moment here. Okay, so the deal is um, uh, she, she lived a life so that you say to me, well, Bill, look what she did. I'm, I'm sure she's what she claimed to be. See, her faith with her works causes her in my sight to be justified. Now, she was already justified in God's sight. God doesn't need works to see your heart. Doesn't need works to see my heart. That's why some people say, it doesn't make any difference what you do because God knows the heart. Well, I understand that, but it doesn't make a difference what you do because I don't. I don't know your heart. The only way I can see your heart, somebody says, you know, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. That's the very point of it. God does know your heart, so what you are, God sees, but I only see 
what I think you to be, which is what's on the outside. And therefore, it makes what's on the outside important to me, not to God. But I need, I need you to express to me what you already are in your heart by the way that you live on the outside. Um, can I come to church this morning unshaven and in bib overalls with a cigar? <laughs> this would be an exciting thing. Um, with a cigar, yeah, I suppose I could. Um, could a person be saved, born again, blood-bought, on his way to heaven, who wears um, overalls to church and has a cigar? Well, yeah, couldn't he? Isn't that possible? Sure. Um, in fact, I'm really tempted at this very thing tonight just to prove a point to come to church that way. It amazes me how many preachers, in order to prove a point that what you are is what you are, no matter what you look like, try to look as grody. You have to look up the word. Uh, as grody as they can just to prove that they really have it. Yeah. How nonsensical. Right. If you really have it, then you show it. See, So the deal is, live your faith through your works. Father, help us to take that to heart and help us to clearly understand what you've said here in the second chapter of James and elsewhere in the scriptures. We thank you for loving us. Bless the hour to follow, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.